Hey, welcome everybody. Welcome to Virtual Insanity. Uh, my name is Rob Hanna. I'm one half of Virtual Insanity and our mission is to bridge the gap between the mainstream and the metaverse. And today I'm delighted to be joined by a dear friend of mine, Francesca Witzberg. She is a trademark celebrity branding specialist when it comes to all things IP law. So she helps high net worth clients to legally protect themselves and their brand. Her practice, which is vast, uh, centers around trademarks, copyright, brand protection matters, as well as commercial transactions. And she helps us, individuals, business owners, across a range of different industries from entertainment, fashion, beauty, luxury, tech, consumer products, you name it. The list goes on and on and on. And she's also counseled for top, top businesses, celebrities, artists, athletes, you name it, and belt with some brands, Versace, Prada, many, many more. So today I'm honored to welcome to you to Virtual Insanity. So hi, Francesca. Hi, Rob. Thank you so much. And I see we have a bunch of people in here. This is awesome. And my friend Danielle, who just joined, she's all into um, the NFT space and learning new about new platforms. Um, she's also a tech lawyer. So that's awesome that you're here, Danielle. Hey. Uh, awesome. And hi, everyone. Thank you so much for, for joining us. And as I mentioned before, we want to make Entra the number one platform. So please make sure you tweet this room out, tag Entra, you can tag Virtual Sanity, make sure you tag Francesca, let's spread the word and, and let's put some, some high valuable content out. So today we're doing a masterclass about all things IP. And you have to remember, I'm not as intellectual as you. And a lot of people aren't going to know what perhaps are some of the basics for you and not the basics for us. So I'm gonna start with some of the, the fundamentals and then we'll talk a little bit more about how people can go about thinking about protecting themselves. So let's start with the basics. Intellect, intellectual property. Um, what is it? And also, can you then go on to explain the difference between what a trademark is and a copyright? Oh, I think your mic's... Uh, I, can, I can lip read well, but I can't hear you. Uh, is it just me or can anyone just put into the room chat if they can hear Francesca and it's just me? Uh, just to double check. Negative. Okay, Caleb said he couldn't hear either. And she might come back and then jump back. Hey, Caleb's here as well. Uh, I can see you now, Francesca, can you, I can't hear your mic though, unfortunately. Is it muted on the mic itself? No, yes. <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've all been there, we've all Is been there. In? <laughs> um, I do just, Francesca, before we get started, I do just want to allow um, the other half of Virtual Sanity, Caleb, just to say a quick hi, an intro, uh, and then I'll jump into some questions. So, Caleb, did you want to say a quick, quick hi and uh, maybe talk a very 60 seconds about Virtual Sanity? Then I'll jump into some questions. Sure. Hey, my name's Caleb Paul. I'm the other half of Virtual Insanity. Uh, yeah, we started this uh, to solve the problem of uh, all of this stuff going on with Web3, crypto, and NFTs. It's, it's overwhelming, and we want to simplify it uh, right now via content, uh, short form. Uh, we're working on that because, you know, we, we're making these podcasts on YouTube, but um, right now uh, I'm just a trucker. I actually just finished a large order, so that's why I was a little late. Uh, I lost track of time, but um, yeah, no, um, yeah, so that's a little bit about virtual insanity, and we just want to, we want to serve the community and help people understand um, these concepts and simplify it for people and, and bring awesome people on like Francesca so you guys can get an even more advanced look into um, uh, specific areas of uh, this developing new world. Yeah, exactly. And thanks for that, Caleb. And I appreciate everyone is is, is tight for time. So um, if you have a question, you want to make sure it's answered, please put it into the room chat and we'll make sure we get through to that so we can hopefully try and uh, answer as many as possible. But just going back to the to the start then, Francesca, obviously you're an IP expert, but for people perhaps less familiar, you know, what is intellectual property? And as an extension of that, what is the difference between a, a trademark and a copyright? And why is that important for us as creators, businesses? 
Yeah. So intellectual property is one of those terms where people say it's still a technical term, but I really predict, and I just wrote an article about this and did my most recent YouTube video on it, that in 2022, it's, it's not going to be a technical term anymore. Everyone needs to know what intellectual property is, which um, IP, short for intellectual property, and why it's important. And really there's two reasons, because you can you can monetize it, which we're all kind of doing right now as content creators anyway, or, um, you know, every business has intellectual property. So they're monetizing it, but also to protect their IP. And that's kind of the piece that I, um, that I help with. So intellectual property, what is it? Think of intellectual property as creations of the mind. These are your patents. There's really four, there's really four main categories in the United States. So there's patents, which cover inventions and certain design elements and potentially process, processes. Then trade secrets is a complement to patents. So for example, the Coca-Cola trade, the Coca-Cola recipe is a trade secret. So it's their uh, super confidential and proprietary recipe that they decided to protect, not with a patent per se, but with trade trade secrets, because trade secrets can be perpetual. Trade secrets can be protected for as long as they're actually kept a secret. So that's really key to trade secret. Then there are trademarks, which we all know and love. And trademarks protect source identifiers. So your brands, your logos, slogans. The purpose of them is when you use them and when your customers or consumers see them, they think of you. So like when we go to Spain and we see the McDonald's Golden Arches, we know that we know that that's the McDonald's that is the same in the United States. It's the same in Asia, really. Um, it's, the, it's the one producer behind it all. And it's the same thing with our own names and designs that we use to tell people this is us. Then there are copyrights. So copyrights protect creative works such as um, the videos that we're putting together now. So video, photos, any sort of content. Copyright is a really big catch-all for creative works and it protects those original creative works that are fixed in a tangible medium. So it can't just be in your head. It's got to actually be written down and somehow manifested and fixed. Um, so those are really the four main buckets. That's what intellectual property is. Um, it's a technical term, like I said, but every single person has IP. It doesn't matter if you are selling physical goods or services, or you're a SaaS provider, you're a content creator. I'm just going down the list of all the people here um, looking like everyone's <laughs> got IP. <laughs> so it's really important. And that's a very high level definition. Yeah, no, thank you so much for that. I think that's super, super helpful and explanatory. And if you're in the room chat, by the way, it'd be good to know how many of you actually have you actually trademarked anything? Have you copyrighted anything? It'd be good to know out of you who have or who are thinking of doing so just so whilst we, we go forward. So I know you are producing a lot of content yourself, Francesca, which I have to say is fantastic. And I would encourage people to check you out on all platforms, including DSO, um, which I know you, um, you're recently on as well, which is cool. Um, and I think you produced an article recently about the top trends businesses and creatives need to know for 2022. It was a really substantive article, so I'm not asking you to recite all of it, but in terms of a summary for people, obviously we're at the start of the year, what are those trends and things, particularly businesses and creatives need to know um, ahead of the year, for the year ahead? Yeah, so the first thing I said, I predict is that IP, intellectual property, it's gonna become a known and understood term. This is something that more and more people are starting to realize that they need to protect. So whether it's with the Great Recession, people leaving their jobs and entering the entrepreneurial market, or just people realizing that with the internet, you're more visible and people are actually getting sued for not doing things the right way because you're visible and you're spending time on Facebook ads and promoting your stuff. Um, with that comes visibility and with visibility comes people potentially seeing the, the names that you're using. And if you don't get the right trademark searches, if you don't really work with a lawyer and make sure that your names are not taken, 
or the content that you're using, if you're not getting the right permissions and, or if you're just taking people's photos and using them, you really could end up in um, crazy expensive litigation. That's the reality. I'm seeing more and more of it, more small businesses or startups are coming to me with problems. So that's why I've created my platform on, on, on Instagram at the trademark attorney. And like Rob said, I'm on, I'm on DSO, I'm on Twitter. I'm kind of all over the place just to spread the message of intellectual property being a critical term for the next, you know, really, really for the next year and beyond. So everyone's going to understand what that is and learn what it is. We gave a great definition uh, just a couple minutes ago. The second part, the second thing I predict is that we are going to see more and more people um, continue to register their names for the reasons I just said, right? Um, businesses are going to want to start to do things the right way. They don't want to get sued. People understand the importance of having intellectual property and protecting it because when you think about it, intellectual property, your trademarks, your copyrights, those are actual assets. They're, they're business assets. They are intangible, meaning you can't physically hold them, but they can go on your books. They can be sold. They're monetized. They're licensed. There's so much you can do with them. So to have an actual registration and ownership of those names and that content is a complete asset in and of itself that more and more people are starting to realize. So with that though, especially with the trademarks, I predict that trademark real estate is just going to continue to be more scarce. And why is that? And what does that mean? It's because there's only a certain amount of words in the English, English language. And with more and more people trying to file their names, Think of it like the dot coms, how many dot coms are taken, right? So you try to get the dot com and it's already taken. You could buy it or you could, you know, think of something else, but it's even, it's even harder with trademarks because unlike a dot com where you can just add a letter or a number and change it, you can't really, there's only certain limitations with trademarks because there's an analysis that goes into it. So adding like a, a couple letters or changing a few letters, it may not be enough. The standard is whether or not a consumer would be confused or if there's a likelihood of confusion. That's the actual standard. So most cases, adding a word or um, adding a letter, sometimes it's not enough. So I really encourage people to go and file early because it's becoming increasingly harder to register names. And then um, just very high level, NFTs are gonna become more mainstream. Uh, decentralized web three is going to continue to change the internet and we're going to continue to see the build out of the metaverse. And I know a lot of people are saying people are using the term metaverse and it really doesn't exist yet, which is technically true, but I, I, I still use it because I think it's important for people just to understand that this really is like VR in a mix of technology, but people are building their, their metaverses. And so I feel comfortable using that, but I just did want to point out that like some very strict people are saying, well, the metaverse doesn't exist yet. So that's, yeah. those are my five things. <laughs> no, and thank you for going into, into detail across those, those five things. I, I guess a question then with the, with the law, obviously you're an expert in IP, you know, this is also new. And as you know, I'm, I'm a recruiter in the law. So I speak to lawyers day in, day out. Um, you know, the law has never been at the forefront of being one of the industries that are ahead of the curve, sometimes perhaps a little bit behind the curve and not up with the time. So is it not just, you know, people can get away with whatever they want in terms of NFTs and the metaverse and, and all of these things right now? Or do they need to be really taking notice of IP because things may catch them up at some point? Yeah, and I, it's definitely. And so I'm going to go a little bit broader, not just um, intellectual property, like trademarks, copyrights, but also someone brought up a good point, domain names. So I tell clients, you know, you check for the trademark, you register the trademark, your most important copyright, you file for the copyright, but then you also get your social media handles. You get your .coms, but it's beyond the .com now. Some people don't even use the .com. .io is really big. And now with .eth. So of course, um, there's certain limitations with .eth and it has a very specific purpose, um, but there's talk about what, what the future is gonna be with that. 
I just very high level. I think it's just another um, thing for people to reserve. So you reserve your, all your social media handles, your website domains. And if you are in this space, getting um, a dot, a dot ETH and getting, you know, anything else that's going to come up in this space to reserve is, is definitely recommended. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. And I think, you know, like you say, the, the space has only become more and more crowded. So uh, potentially because people are on this platform already, you're already probably an early early mover and early adopter. So uh, definitely take action on what Frances is saying. So I guess in terms of, look, not everybody, particularly startups, right? A lot of them don't have a lot of cash to invest in lawyers. And there's a big, big scarcity in terms of, well, I'd love to get the most impressive, high profile intellectual property lawyer, but, you know, we just don't have anything at the moment. You know, we're, up, we're right at the start. So what do you say to those types of people who perhaps are budget constrained, but to make sure that they do protect themselves or what measures should they be doing as a minimum? At a minimum, there is a lawyer that will, will price. There are lawyers that have all different types of pricing. Okay. So you do not need to go out and hire the biggest law firm. Um, for example, I used to work at one of the world's, at literally one of the world's biggest law firms. And I now have flexibility to have rates that are really affordable for people who want to do things the right way and do them on a flat fee basis. And then if, even if my rates aren't good for you, there are so many other trademark attorneys online. You know, it is true that you <laughs> probably do get what you pay for. So if there are lower rates and if really, really cheap deals, you may want to ask that person. Um, it could be that they're new in this space, but either way, there's lawyers available. And by, but just by ignoring it, it's like if you were to start a business and just, oh, I'm going to ignore all the paperwork. I'm going to ignore the licenses. You can't do that. If you are a legitimate business, um, because even if you are creative, you're still held to legal standards and you still are, you still may be operating as a business. It's really important, not just to do things the right way, to, but to save money. So the cost to do a trademark filing is insignificant compared to the cost to have to litigate something if you accidentally or unintentionally took someone's name and either now you have to rebrand. Because think about it. I used to think that it was harder to rebrand with print, like if you have product on your product packaging, but my mindset has changed since being an entrepreneur online. Imagine now having to rebrand your whole website, redo your logos, um, change all your domain names, move and migrate over your followers. It's just, it's not easy. So really critical to do things the right way because it is going to save you significant money and emotional expense uh, up front and down the road. So don't skip it. Even if you're on a budget, lawyers do free consults. I do one. I have a free um, 15 minute IP strategy call. You can literally click the link in my Instagram bio, or he I think it's in my bio here um, where you can, set up a call if you go to francescawitzberg.com and just learn and like join these rooms and watch these videos get on clubhouse talk to lawyers there's so many people who are giving you the resources but at the end of the day you do have to budget a certain amount to get started it's like pay, pay to play because if you don't do those main things which you know, from my perspective, because I'm an IP lawyer, it's really your trademark, your copyright, and your contracts, and there's other things, but those really, I think, are the three most important from a lot of businesses, then you could end up in serious hot water, and you could literally lose your business because you didn't do those things. And it's so, so true. And I would encourage people, you know, the beautiful thing about Francesca is not only she's a top intellectual property lawyer, but she's also, you know, not staying behind the time. She is up to date in terms of NFTs, Web3, what's going on. You can just listen to how she's presenting and coming across today. So I definitely encourage you to click that link if you just want to get that initial 15 minutes. It's invaluable getting access. I can vouch, you know, someone who recruits for some of the top world law firms, Francesca was working at one of those for many, many 
years. Now she has a partnership where she's in an entrepreneurial position, has her own practice that she's building out. So I would strongly urge you to, to check out her profile and it would be definitely worth 15 minutes of your time. I always likened it to, it's like building your house on sand, you know, at the beach, you know, it may look amazing now, but when that wave comes, then it's going to wipe you completely out and it could be hours, years, weeks, months. And like you say, a lot of heartache. So it's really important that you factor that in um, to avoid any um, disappointment. So I guess on time scales, Francesca, because perhaps a lot of people thinking, okay, great. Well, I was going to get a trademark. That's easy. It, you and I both know that's not quite so simple. So what is the typical process and how long can you expect to, you know, wait with regards to a trademark? And what if someone's already got one that you're, um, you're looking at trying to get? Yeah, there is a lot of strategy that is involved in this. So a lot of people will say, okay, well, trademarks are easy. I'm just going to file myself. When you do that, there's a whole analysis part that's being skipped. So you can, and you should be checking USPTO.gov, um, putting in the name and seeing if someone has the exact name, because if they do, and if the category is the same or similar, it could be a problem and you just may want to avoid it before even talking to a lawyer. But there are so many caveats to that, right? Maybe they're not using the mark anymore and it's available, or maybe the, the, you think that they're similar, but maybe from a legal perspective, they're not. So there's always this additional level that you have to work with the lawyer for the analysis piece because there's a whole body of law behind it. And the functionality of USPTO.gov is just, it's, it's awful. Like it literally will only show you the exact name. So if there's different, a different letter spelled or if something's phonetically spelled differently, um, you're not going to see that, but that's a, it's, it's still going to be a problem. So, and then when you do an internet search too, you can check Instagram, Google, check all the platforms to see who's using the names. Um, but that isn't enough that that's just the, the basic, basic, basic things to then have the lawyer do a, a deeper dive, a deeper search and see what the risk is. So maybe there's a name that you didn't find a problem, but the lawyer did, and you're able to dodge that and pick another name or change the name in a way that's gonna protect you. Um, so those are really like the most important things is understanding that there is a lot of complexity and strategy that goes behind it. And if you do just end up filing yourself um, without that strategy, you can get, you can get screwed. And then if, even if you file, there's strategy with the filing, how to accurately describe what you're doing. And in this space right now, it's, it's very technical and we don't, we don't really know what the government's gonna, gonna do. Um, NFTs, uh, there's a lot of NFT projects that have been filing for, for their NFTs and tokens and, all of their their coins so it's been interesting to watch but th the government's the government these are like bureaucrats and they're not tech people so it's going to be interesting to see how um we accurately describe the goods and services but if you think you could just throw it up um your application is going to get rejected if it's not done right and then you lose the government fee and you lose like six to nine months because they're really backed up right now so yeah <laughs> exactly people didn't realize that even with the the pandemic you know that's affecting you know trademarks right and even uh just generally it's always taken a, a bit of time uh caleb in the uh audience has just asked is it smart to trademark your own name even if you aren't going off on your own yet what do you say to that so two two things um there is a use requirement so you do have to be using you do have to be using your name at some point. You should be if you want to protect it as a trademark. You can file based on an intent to use, like if you know you're going to go off and use your own name. But you can't just like file without any intention at all to ever use it, just to like preserve. But let's go off of the assumption that you are going to use it at some point. Um, it definitely, <laughs> nice. It definitely um, is important because... Caleb, did you really trademark Caleb? <laughs> or are you joking? <laughs> <laughs> no, knowing his personality, I don't think so. <laughs> okay, so but let's talk about personal names for a second because they are something that people get people get wrong. They assume this is my name. No one's gonna take it. 
I'm okay. Who's, who's going to challenge me over my legal name? It happens all of the time. Okay. So if anyone knows the story about Haley Page, the design, the designer formerly known as Haley Page, she is a really popular wedding designer. She signed away the rights to her name in a really crappy contract she signed at, in her 20s. And she got fired from the company. And they literally sent her, you know, they started a lawsuit saying, you, you have to stop using your name. And she, she clearly went to the court of public opinion, started making a bunch of videos and was like, I, I should be having the right to use my name, but there is no legal right. Um, if you're born with, if you're born K Kardashian, you have no legal right to use K Kardashian for makeup or clothes and, and entertainment. You're likely going to have to change your name because the Kardashians aren't going to let you use it as a trademark. So that's another main thing is um, other people. I had a client come to me who got a demand letter from a very popular fashion brand that has his the his first name in their mark and they don't want him doing a clothing line under his birth name and he's he's famous he's a really famous um he's really famous on instagram and tiktok and he's literally being stopped from entering into the fashion market because someone else has his first name in their name it's crazy so to answer the question is, it's not always critical, but if it's definitely really important to you, it is your main brand and you just want to make sure that no one else can tell you no, then yes, it is recommended to trademark your name. And Caleb made a joke about trademarking Caleb, but I have clients that I literally trademark their first um, name in connection with whatever industry they're in. That's pretty like cool. Francesca's for clothing. I can't use Francesca's for clothing. There's all those Francesca stores. I don't know if they have them in the UK, Rob, but they're pretty popular here. <laughs> do you know what? I don't think we do, but then again, I'm not I'm not finger on the pulse, as you can tell with what I'm what I'm wearing. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure I'm sure someone will be able to tell me. So um okay, one more question for me, then I'm gonna jump to Caleb. Uh he's got a few questions for you as well. And then keep the questions coming in the room. We've still got another sort of 25 minutes or so of Francesca's time. So we do want to try and squeeze as much as we can out of her because she has a fountain of knowledge. But I will caveat what this discussion is. It's not legal advice whatsoever. This is just for educational uh, purposes. Um, so how do you foresee lawyers working with creators with regards to their NFT projects? You know, what's that going to look like? Because I can imagine your practice of law is going to change drastically this year. You know, it's, it's unfortunate, but there is this huge, hugely growing gap in technology for lawyers. There's some lawyers who, I mean, my husband literally told me the other day that he was working with a lawyer because he's a mortgage banker, that the guy doesn't use email. How he gets clients, I don't know. But that's that's a, that's a drastic example of the, the gap, right? Where we have attorneys who some of them um, aren't on social, don't know what you know, if you're entering into an influencer agreement, they may not know what reposting or sharing a story or tagging. These are, these are technical terms that if your lawyer does not know them and you're negotiating big money over these terms, that's, that's a problem. So with NFTs and Web3 and the metaverse, I think that just the gap is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And this is really going to force um, not only lawyers, but also business people to embrace it because of the potential opportunities and lawyers being able to advise their clients properly, you guys having good representation so people know what you're doing and catching the problems. That's our job. So if your lawyer doesn't understand like the tech behind it or the functionality, uh, they, they could be missing things. So I think when you are interviewing lawyers, like, yes, you do want an expert. You do want someone who, who's really good at their job. Um, but you also want to make sure that 
either they understand the technology themselves or they have someone on their team who can um, who understands. Awesome. Yeah. And I, I can't stress the point enough. And like I was saying, you know, it's so kind that you do offer that initial 15 minutes um, for, for people. So if this is sort of sparking some ideas or you just want to sense check things, definitely do make sure you, you do hit the link. But I do want to pass to Caleb. Are you are, are you there? Did you want to, to jump in and ask a, a couple of questions to Francesca? And then if anyone in the room chat also wants to um, continue to fire away some questions, please, please do. But Caleb, uh, over to you. Yeah, totally. Hey, what's up? I um, had a quick question about something you just mentioned uh, about creative marketing your name. So um, I don't know if this is along the lines of uh, fair use. I'm not familiar with exactly what fair use is, but if you use a something that's been trademarked and it's it's being used in a certain industry, can you use that in a different industry, uh, even if it's if it's not completely it's not related, right? So if somebody trademarked something and they're using it for the in the clothing industry. Um, and you're going to do something in the gaming industry, can you still use that uh, name? Yeah, so it's not fair use. Fair use, we can have, we probably should do another, just talk about copyright and fair use for digital art and NFTs at some point, but it's not fair use. It's That's just basic trademark law. So trademarks don't protect everything. Trademarks are limited to the category where they're used and any potentially similar or related goods and services. So, for example, Delta faucet, Delta airlines, Delta gas. These are all the same mark, but they're able to coexist with each other because they're totally different categories. But the closer and closer you get, it's definitely, um, it, be it, becomes, it becomes riskier. But if they're in very different categories, it's generally okay. Um, there is a caveat to that with famous names. Like, no one's going to be able to make Disney cigarettes, okay? Because with famous names, there is a higher level of protection. So um, sometimes their rights extend past the categories where they're actually using them. But for the most part, um, trademarks are only limited to the, to the category where you're actually using. So if they're different enough, it's generally okay. But there's a whole body of law behind this. Definitely talk, consult with a lawyer. Um, it's it's a fact specific analysis that's required. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, I appreciate that. And um, this is kind of uh, this is kind of different from what we were just talking about. But um, what's it called? Caleb in the chat asks: uh, Are smart contracts on the blockchain legally binding? This is one of the questions I had as well because I've been thinking about it. Like technically, well, I'm not even gonna say because I'm just gonna ask you: <laughs> Are they are they legally binding? Yeah, well, let me ask you, what, what are you putting in your smart contracts? Have, have you done any development, on Caleb, on your contracts? Uh, no, I personally have not. I'm trying to think of an example. If you have... If anyone here has um, comment, and because I can say what generally, what, what I'm seeing, I can talk off based on that. Well, let, let me... Uh, um, this is... So in the future, I can, I can definitely see... Um, like governments and um, like certain industries using NFTs for particular reasons. So going off of that, if I is it possible to legally bind an NFT to like um, uh, like a title on a car? So if I sell an NFT to somebody and I say, okay, the in the smart contract I'm going to put that you also receive the title to the car, uh, but on the actual title, you know, I, I don't even I don't even write anything. Like, is it still yeah. legally binding? It's a um... What's the word? Oh, it's a loaded question. So I can't give um, an exact answer, but I want to explain like the issues. Okay. So typically when you have a contract, when you have a legally binding contract, there needs to be a me meeting. There's, a, there's certain requirements. There needs to be a meeting of the minds, meaning you and I both agreed to certain terms and we both understood those terms. Those terms were read and they were processed um, and we both made a mutual agreement to be bound by them. So if there's certain terms and you buy your NFT and if you're aware of those terms and you agree to them, then sure. But the question is, are people actually <laughs> agreeing to them? And I also, I'm not sure that there's legal terms right now. Um, I'm seeing more of the legal terms in separate agreements. So with um, 
some people are putting them in as their terms of service or on their website. Um, there's also like an open seat, an area where you can put the license or certain terms in the description, but it's some, some blockchain smart contracts aren't legal terms. So they're just, you know, here's the royalty rate or here's what happens. It just triggers certain events and it's just the, on, on the ledger. Um, I think we're going to see an evolution of this, but uh, what's going to happen is if someone's going to contest them, it's just the same contract principles that apply. So really, if you really have a lot of legal terms, you have to work with a lawyer. There's a lot of strategy um, that goes into it. I don't know if the, the smart contract is, is the right place because just for example, copyright assignments. A copyright can't be assigned unless it's in a written agreement. So if you think you're buying an NFT and you're owning copyright ownership, if there's a transfer, um, which I understand isn't a case a lot of the time, but it could be, then you don't own it until you have a signed written agreement. So there's just like so much out there that isn't really answered yet, but I think the same legal, uh, the same laws are gonna be applied. And this is just a case where it's gonna have to be on a case-by-case -case basis, working with smart lawyers early to figure out how to do things, you know, to the best of our ability, as creative as we can be without any, you know, this is a whole new area of law. So you just need, lawyers who are creative and trying to minimize your risk, but working with them early um, to try to make legally binding agreements and whether or not it's, it's, it's in the smart contract or having a separate written agreement or putting it in terms of service or putting it in the open sea description, there's, there's, there's going to be so much on this. So um, yeah, there's <laughs> <was> a lot. <laughs> This is a, the beautiful thing that, you know, it's it, well, beautiful is probably not quite the right word, but it's, it's, it's an evolving, isn't it? So it's all, uh, I think you described it as the wild, wild west, uh, you know, with some of, some of this stuff, Francesca. One of the questions I was going to ask you is, you know, some people probably don't even know what are the questions they should be asking, you know, to, to make sure that they are protecting themselves. So maybe it's a, a two-folded question, but what's some of the most common questions you get from NFT artists that are coming to you? Or, you know, what should they be asking a good um, IP attorney um, for? Um, I think it's probably a good thing, you know, particularly because a lot of these artists, you know, they've been stung in the past. And the whole point of the NFTs is to try and hopefully help protect. And, you know, these people have put hours and hours and hours of work in. So, yeah, what would you say to, to that? I really say to them, the first step is talking to a lawyer. And I know that there's a ton of NFT project teams that don't even have legal yet, which um, they either get legal once they've gotten bigger or once they've made money. But um, I'm also seeing on the flip side, I'm seeing very smart people who know that on my team, I need marketing. I need the artist. I need a lawyer. And those are the people that are actually going to be the long term long-term, um, very successful teams because one, just understanding that you need a lawyer, it, it just shows that you are sophisticated, you're invested in this project um, and you want to do it the right way and you're going to get it set up so that if there are problems, you know, you're not going to have to fight with your NFT holders. You're not going to have to deal with any potential issues that are going to derail your creativity and the growth of the, pro of the community. So, um, but I understand that some people are on a budget, but there are organizations like the volunteer lawyers for the arts that offer pro bono services. And I think we're going to be seeing a lot more of that. Um, a lot more of these pro bono groups talk about NFTs to really support the art, the artistic community. And, um, there's a lot going on too right now. The copyright office just came out with a small claims board where um, it, they're making the process easier for you to enforce your copyrights without needing a lawyer or without having to go through litigation. So I just think that there's, there's resources out there. So the takeaway is use lawyers early. I don't care if you have no money or if you have millions of dollars, just find the people who will help you on your budget or find the pro bono services and 
follow people who are in this space giving free free educational um, guidance like we are right now, go on my account and um, just continue to learn, but work with lawyers to not not get, you know, not not only get sued and 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 that aspect, but not to not um de what's the word like like dis dishearten you is that yeah. right because i'm yeah. hearing that a lot like a lot of creatives are getting so overwhelmed and when i tell them like yeah you technically can't take someone's photo or you can't take someone's work and it, it's really discouraging and then they're like well wh what can i do um but i think once you educate yourself and you learn how to minimize the risks working with lawyers um it's gonna like it's what I do every day. I take stress off of people. You know, it's like I went to law school so that I can help you and worry about the law and you can focus on the creative stuff and growth and promotions. Yeah. And you know, that's so, so important, isn't it? Because, you know, if you're not skilled in the law, leave it to the lawyers. You know, so what I always say, I think sometimes, you know, the experts are the experts for a reason, let them do their job, trust them to do so. And, and it will all work out and I think that's another great thing about you Francesca as well as you don't talk in legalese so I know that you know when you speak to your clients you explain things in a way that they can also understand and I think that's the other important point for people in the audience to if you're instructing lawyers it's super important that you at least have an understanding of, of what they're doing okay and if you don't and if they're talking in complex language and you don't get it clarify 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 there is no stupid question you are the client because the worst thing is to think i've got it all protected but actually you didn't understand some of the stuff and i've, I've been burnt before in not just necessarily ip law but in corporate law with corporate contracts because i've just gone with the flow because i didn't want to look like the idiot um it's worth being yeah. looking like an idiot at initial consultation um but i know one of um Sanchez's many superpowers she will put it in simple terms so you know that's an art of an expert because she'll lay it out to you so you can fully understand so you know what it's all about so i think that's so important right francesca yeah thank you and i love how you say you just have to be an advocate for yourself it's the same thing with lawyers it's the same thing with doctors if you've ever gone to a doctor's office you know like you have to advocate, you have to ask questions um, because they, they can't read your mind and they can't see everything. So if you're not understanding something, you know, as much as I try to dumb it down sometimes, sometimes my husband's like, what are you saying? Like, I'm like oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> She's got to Yeah, so just be an advocate and um, understand. I think like with going back to our theme about like 2022, and my number one prediction is that IP is going to not be a technical term anymore. It's not that it just, it's not just enough to say, oh, I know what intellectual property is. It's enough. It'll be enough when you actually understand how to utilize it and why protection is important. And yeah. then you work with the lawyer to give you all the advice, but there really is a baseline. Like I, I, I educate my clients. I do, I do um, what's called like an IP audit where we look at everything we, we have, uh, we get on Zoom and I educate them on what the trade, what trademarks are. And then I show them their trademarks that they may not know are their trademarks. And then we, I show them their copyrights that they may not know are copyrights and can be protected. And we go through a contract checklist. It's just like all about empowerment because you know, even if you do work with a really good lawyer, they're, they're not with you all the time as you're creating, but it's, you know, being an advocate for yourself and understanding, oh, like I can't just take that picture and put it into an NFT or I can't just use that person's image. Um, even that basic knowledge is critical. That's going to help protect you. Yeah. So, so, so true. And thanks again for sort of flagging that. Caleb, did you want to fire him another question? Hey, yeah. So I, I got one more question. I, um, I want to reiterate a question I actually I asked you in another talk that we were in a while ago uh, with Izzy. Um, what can uh, what does somebody have to do to protect themselves if they want to outsource making like an art an artwork for like an, an NFT or even stuff in the metaverse? But I guess we'll, actually we'll say just specifically with NFTs because I know that this is uh, um, something that uh, you're a little bit more familiar with I guess uh, with recent uh, times, but 
if I want to go on like Fiverr, right, and I just I hire somebody and I make some artwork, what do I need to actually own that piece of art? Yeah, uh, and, so and use it and make money off it, and etc. To like I, I mentioned earlier, there's there's a copyright in the artwork, and who owns the copyright is a critical question. You know, you could like be like shaking hands with people and like totally really good friends with the person who's going to draw your art, but at the end of the day, if it blows up you're sure as hell going to have a battle over copyright ownership if that wasn't made clear at the beginning and you didn't have it in writing. Um, not only will it clear up, but literally the law is that you need the assignment in writing if you want to own the work that you paid someone to make. So um, very high level. Um, when you're hiring people, it's typically two ways. They're either an, in an employee or they're an independent contractor. The law is gray on those sometimes. And I don't know if you guys have been like watching, like there's a battle right now with Lyft and Uber and a lot of the, a lot of the companies where they're trying to categorize their, their employee, their people as independent contractors versus employees, because the difference is huge in terms of the law, but for specifically for intellectual property terms, who owns the IP literally turns on that. So one, you got to make sure whether or not they're an employee or an independent contractor. But Caleb, your um, example is if they're an independent contractor, you're just hiring someone on Fiverr. Um, technically, if they're a pure independent contractor, let's just assume that they are, independent contractors own the IP until there's a signed written agreement, okay? So it's not enough just to go by Fiverr's terms um, I don't care what they say. You literally need to get a separate um, copyright assignment. You can do it in a formal contract where you have you have an independent contract agreement that has the language, or you can just do it in like a one page um, where where they sign over the rights. But either way, you need it in writing if you're going to make be making art to make sure that either you own the IP or the project team or you know the business owns the intellectual property and if you're the artist and you really want copyright ownership then that's something you have to think about too because you do own it but you have to be really careful with what you sign and then you can negotiate so that's that in a nutshell <laughs> it's such valuable advice because it's um you know in writing a lot of people would just assume oh well it's in the small print of fiverr right and so i'm covered but like you're saying there, the devil is in the detail. And this is why having a strong IP lawyer, particularly if you're a creative, you know, and you are producing a lot of content and you're going to be going all in into this, um, you know, the world that we're in of NFT is so, so, so important that you have this because it may not be something that you think is a big deal now. Um, and it may not be right. You may not be the, the next, I don't know, big NFT drop and big, big thing, but it will come around. So the one thing I would encourage all of you is like Francesca said, there is places you can go for some, some free initial consultation and advice just to kind of get an understanding. And, you know, the beautiful thing about Entre is, you know, a lot of us are entrepreneurs. A lot of us are creatives. We're here to help one another as a community. So um, yeah, please, please make sure you take action on that. Uh, Francesca, before we wrap up, um, I know not you, you're not only a lawyer, but you're an entrepreneur, you're a business owner, and you've got lots of projects and things i know you can't give too much away but is there anything that you're excited or you're working on um yourself when it comes to all things nfts in the metaverse yeah and i want to throw this out here because this is the community um i am looking to build my own nft project it's a really cool and new project that relates to a literary work there's a book behind it and doing artwork around the book so if anyone um, knows any artists or teams or agencies, I'm looking for referrals right now. Um, it's going to be really big <laughs> and I'm really excited about it. But either way, um, there's going to be uh, big things coming, you know, and I like it because it's, it's literally, it helps me advise clients better. If I'm literally building an NFT project and doing all the contracts myself and helping to build the smart contract. It's just going to make me an even better lawyer. 
Yeah, and that's why, you know, it's gold that you're in the room today or you definitely make sure you share this um, with people because Francesca is not only a practicing lawyer, but she's also doing the doing of what is the now. So, uh, yeah, and I'm super excited for what you've got in the pipeline for 2022. It's going to be huge, absolutely, absolutely huge. So uh, I can't wait to, to see it. And yeah, this is the community. So please make sure everyone, you give Francesca a follow. Do check out her, um, subscribe to her newsletter, check her out. She's everywhere she's on instagram she's on linkedin she's on twitter she's on DSO. uh yeah so please 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 make sure you check her out and her content it is wonderful and she is very much immersing herself in the uh the web3 nft community so francesca is there any final words or anything else you wanted to say before we look to wrap up today's uh masterclass yeah, I think the best place I'm thinking the best place to to follow me is still on Instagram because I have my my link tree, which everything's there. I put everything there. If you want to follow me on Discord, you want to follow me on Twitter, um, YouTube, there's everything is is there. And that's kind of like the main platform I use, although I'm loving Entra. And I, 2020 is really going to be about, for me personally, Entra, Deso, Twitter, Discord, and whatever else anyone has in store, let me know. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And um, just before we wrap up as well, Virtual Sanity, we do have our own uh, Discord channel. So um, I will try and put that into the, the room chat. Caleb, if you're, if you're there, if you could maybe just share our Virtual Sanity Discord uh, link uh, in the room chat, if people want to join us. We're also on Instagram. We've got a TikTok going. We're running rooms here as much as we can. Like Caleb said, our mission is very straightforward. And Francesca was alluding to this earlier. We're bridging the gap between the mainstream and the metaverse, trying to bring you um informative content that's hopefully allowing you to reduce the overwhelm and increase the action so i just want to say a final thank you so much francesca for for giving us your time i know you're a super super busy high profile ip lawyer so i really don't take it for granted so so thankful to you um i'm super excited for your 2022 and all the projects and everything you've got coming up but from 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 caleb and our virtual insanity thanks once again and uh, that's a that's a wrap as they say Thank you guys. I look forward to seeing you more rooms. We definitely should do one on fair use and copyright. Yes. Crazy. Let's make that happen. Let's make that happen next week. Let's take action on that. So we'll follow up in the DMs and uh, that'll okay. be good, good advice for everyone. Cheers, everybody. Thanks so much, Entre. Thanks, Andres. Pass on our regards to all the Entre crew. We appreciate the love and we'll make this platform amazing. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye.